worst, top 50 worst nicknames, I would say the vast majority of them are NFL players. Like, one guy was Lester the Molester. Like, <laughs> that's really bad. <laughs> uh, I gotta be honest, that's like top three for me. That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> now, we just need, like, Lyle the Pedophile next or something. Carl Malone. <laughs> a lot of them are boxers, but eh, boxers don't really. I mean, they, they spend more time on the AKAs than. I feel like boxers, boxers, and like combat sports people are the ones that you know most by their nicknames. Yeah. They well, become like middle names for them. I'm trying to think of uh, a modern UFC guy with a good nickname. I guess Bones Jones, right? That's the most famous. Yes. That's probably oh, the Iceman Chuck Liddell. He said modern. Awesome. Yeah. Wait, yeah, then he said most famous one. No, he said modern. Do yeah, you consider modern. John Jones famous? It's been 15 years. I still think he's famous. I don't think we're like. First off, yes, he is very famous. I mean, secondly, like, like if you're if you're like to ask like 10, 10 people who don't know MMA. Who, if they know who John Bones Jones is, at least two or three of them are gonna know. I don't know Chuck Liddell too. I mean, I, I I would hazard a guess, and you can look it up. Chuck Liddell probably fought more recently than John Jones has. Yeah, I'm not fought who? <laughs> fought who? Fought where? Bellator. I don't fucking know. I guarantee it's probably true though. Yeah. So, if he was taking fights, professional fights, in like the last three to four years, so whatever organization took that fight should probably go to prison. Like the organizer, like. At this point in time, it's just elder abuse. Is half looking it up? Or one of y'all looking it up? Someone's yeah, someone's clicking. Oh, dude, you're not only are you wrong, but you're wrong by a lot. Really? Like Twelve years. <laughs> really? Yeah. I just assumed he fought a Tito Ortiz in there somewhere. John Bones Jones' most recent fight, you. I thought it was like four years ago. Twenty twenty. Twenty. Chuck, oh yeah. Chuck Liddell's last fight was UFC one. Did you go to his Wikipedia page or are you just looking up UFC? Ice man. Oh, I'm, I'm using Bing. Oh, come on, bro. I'll go to Wiki. Take the L, man. No, fuck you. <laughs> Bing. Google's Bingo Bing cousin. Chuck Liddell. Mixed martial arts record. His last fight was in 2018. The Tito Ortiz. He lost. So wrong. Okay, well that's. But that's not a decade. Let's just, let's just, just measure. Let's, let's just measure that out here. Is eight smaller or lo- uh, larger than twenty? Why don't you ask her? What? Since she wants to measure it out, that's what she said. Let's ask her. Nailed it. All right. Well then, uh, let's get started. I hope you're ready, because once this train is moving, you can't stop it, unless you hit pause, or your listening device crashes. You're about to start listening to the Fool Court Press Podcast. That's F-O-O-L, Fool. We don't mess up your name, so say ours right. 
a terrible name and I'm glad they're dead. Sandoria McConnell. Mussolini or something? Folks Court Press. Jamarcus Russell Wilson. You are going to hear the hard-hitting, well-researched basketball analysis. Kawhi Leonard has a size 14 shoe, so... Uh, and somebody else I can't remember is from Four Strangers with No Chemistry. I am the host, Lufa, who prides himself on precise NBA opinion. Yeah, it's this big shire. It's the land of Luke Canards. Well, you know how, like, the Florida Panthers are, like, in Sunrise, Florida? It's, like, not, like, a real place. I am joined by NBA draft specialist and Tuchel apologist, Baldy. All of Florida's just made up. As well as Sandoria. Yeah, a real dick that guy is. Whose consistent fire takes. I don't like Luca. I think he's a real piece of shit. Luca's the owner of the Suns. I think he'd be a better owner. Will scorch every part of your franchise. Trade <laughs> this motherfucker. Sarver's a real piece of shit. What a stupid name. Well, we got a lake up there. We're the Lakers. Still a better name than the Thunder. Yeah, real dick that guy is. I hate you. Finally, we have our Australian basketball enthusiast, Duke. Brooklyn Nets have three players who were born in Australia. So pay attention. This may be free, but it's important. What does it mean? Jesus oh, fucking Christ, just shoot me. Everything yeah. will be fine. All right, thanks for uh, tuning into the Full Court Press podcast. Welcome back, everybody. I'm joined here today by our co-hosts uh, Duke and uh, <laughs> Sandy. Uh, Baldy is out for the day. Um, we're also uh, joined by special guests Half Button and Volp. So uh, Volps and Half uh, are here um, as the angry majority who uh, are revolting from our last podcast when I said that the Heat were so, uh, somehow inferred the Heat were an underperforming team uh, and uh, suggested that they weren't uh, they weren't as good or that the Raptors shouldn't be losing to underperforming teams such as the Heat or the 76ers. So uh, with that said, we're going to do a little bit change to the program. We're going to save our topics DeJounte for, uh, for our second portion here. And we're going to let them, uh, let them tell us about how great the Miami Heat are and how I was wrong about, uh, about the fact that they are not performing very well this beginning of this season and that they believe that they are at least meeting expectations. I'm sure this will be completely unbiased and professional. Yeah. <laughs> way that he started that loaded question they're playing like dog shit of course they suck <laughs> and why would you be offended when i said they shouldn't be uh, they shouldn't be taking w's off of the raptors oh, because you haven't realized that the raptors sucked <laughs> hey half got a question for you what if the heat had an extra young guy that they could be training up in this culture if only they had a means to free up a roster spot maybe uh Cut some of this dead weight. How about Udonis Haslam? Oh, I thought you were talking about Kyle Lowry. <laughs> <laughs> well, he fits too. That's a thick cut. It's a thick cut. I thought you were saying they should trade for Jay Crowder. <laughs> I actually thought he was insinuating. Hey, please take this guy. You can have him. Thought you guys. I uh, thought he was going to insinuate you guys go winless for Wemby. We will take one Tyler Hero in exchange. Uh, would he fit realistically in Phoenix? No, but we could flip him. Who Tyler Hero? Yeah, why not? Yeah. Wait, what are we getting back? Jay Crowder. That's right. Crowd noise. Boss man. You're thinking a little bit too long on that. I got to be honest. <laughs> Also, I don't believe you can trade uh, Tyler Hero right now uh, because you, you, cause you guys bank, uh, uh, backed up the Brinks truck. 
And also, isn't Tyler Hero the only reason why you guys watch Heat games right now? Like, it's not like anybody else is showing up for them. Not has, untrue. Has Bam been any good? He's in a Dries for a while. I think he he started picking it back up again, if I remember correctly. He had a couple good games. I uh, saw somebody say that y'all should trade Bam Adebayo for Anthony Davis, and I'm just wondering, uh, what do you guys think of that? What Laker fan said that? Hmm. Ain't that the truth? Bill Simmons. Oh, <laughs> oh that's right, yeah. Laker lifer. Uh, now, on Twitter, they said they were a heat lifer, and no one on Twitter lies, so... Yeah, <laughs> tweets are facts. That's right. We'll address this there's, later. There's a civil war going on right now with Heat Twitter. There's there's a little bit of a civil war. There's a whole bunch of different podcasts that that offering different opinions. Mm. So it's it's been kind of fun right now with Heat Twitter. I don't believe in that. I believe all podcasts should have a, all podcasts should have the same opinions. Well, I don't listen to any podcasts. So. <laughs> What's the Other podcast than this one? Not even this one. Yeah. <laughs> So, so I guess, I guess, like, what do you guys think is the the fix? Obviously, you guys all blame Kyle Lowry because he's the only one on, with a championship on your no, roster. Their, so, their biggest problem is they don't have a true second unit. They don't have a true second unit. It's all kinds of fucked. Last year we had Hero. Yeah. He'd come off the unit, and he would, uh, he would really play very well. If only uh, Duncan Robinson panned out. He's not terrible. His contract is not. All he does is shoot, either. bro. But that's, that's what they pay fine. him for, to stretch out the floor. You can't play him in the playoffs. That's someone else's problem when we trade him for, you know, John Collins. But it's your him. problem now, because when you get to the playoffs, you're handicapped. You lose a guy who plays minutes all year. He takes up a lot of roster cap. You can't play him in the playoffs. He gets run so, off the floor. <laughs> so I heard, that, uh, I heard that there has been some talk about possibly moving Tyler back to the bench. Is that something that you think would, uh, would help? The situation, or is like... the biggest problem has been Oladipo's injury has been a hell of yeah. a lot worse than anybody expected. It was Oladipo, and then Yurtsevin were made to kind of shore up that second team because uh, Yurtsevin's a good prospect, uh, akin to Precious. I think Precious was great. I think they had Yurtsevin in the pipeline, and that's why they got rid of Precious. Um, in that trade, I gotta Kyle be Lowry. honest. You... This is this is the year of our Lord, twenty twenty two. How are you t- relying on Oladipo? Like I, an Oladipo so injury that... should be an expectation. It shouldn't be a. It shouldn't be something that you're surprised or relying upon. Water is forgot wet. He existed. <laughs> the sky is blue. Oladipo is on the injury report. Yep. So so I I like the Oladipo gamble, but obviously it hasn't paid off. I well, it made really... sense. Yeah, it made sense at the time. It doesn't really work out. Um, it makes sense now. even now. Like, I mean, the reality is, is like, uh, the reality is, is he's a good additional piece. But if you're like saying to me, we can't compete because Oladipo's injured, then I think that you have problems. you have a team building problem at that point in time, right? Like, he's he's a good piece to have as a complementary piece, and with the understanding that he's probably not going to be here all 82 games of the season because that's not who he is, right? And that's exactly. and that was kind of the plan keep him in the bench yeah that is a starter and that's fine and then just keep him healthy get to the playoffs and you'll be fine but not when he has another knee injury that's nagging and that's terrible it's just that's where they're in trouble they're so, just expecting him to at least play 60 i don't think he's gonna even play 40 at this point uh, yeah <laughs> so what are you guys' levers this year like what like obviously you, you you like assuming let's assume that 
Atlanta is run by rational uh, operators, and they're not going to trade John Collins for or trade John Collins for Duncan straight up. What is like? What is a realistic? What are the realistic options for the Heat at this period? Of time? Power forward. I'll power forward from someone. I think it's just they're going to have to make a trade. I don't think. I just think it's obvious because the the way they work is Bam Adebayo is kind of like a soft. I guess like a soft five yeah. where he can guard your one through five, but he's got to be running all over the damn place and you need someone to just anchor someone to stay in the back. So you need either a really hard four, which is what they had in, um, in Jay Crowder when he was in Miami. It's what they yeah. had in, uh, <laughs> uh, what about Miles Turner? Anybody? It's another guy who gets hurt all the time. But th- that's just, yeah. <laughs> He's he's been fire since coming back is, in, in, for he, India. Does he yeah. want to go to LA? Wasn't he? Wasn't that him that was talking uh-huh. about that track? Well, I mean, yeah, he just wants out of Indiana. Like I think, like I think if he like if he ends and, up going to LA, which I don't think is happening, and we have but, a lot of white guys for Indiana too. Yeah. They would love them. Take Duncan. Take Hero. Why don't uh, you guys trade uh, Kyle Lowry for Kyrie Irving? I can't no, imagine that you. would happen. We have a Jewish owner. I can't imagine he'll take an anti-Semitic oh person. Oh, God. I forgot about that, too. Yep. He's Ooh. laughing, like, so hard right now as if that was funny. Like, Is that that, funny? That's the best part. <laughs> Is that funny? You just killed it, man. Like, <laughs> It's not funny. Just saying the man's name. Is it funny? <laughs> Yeah, well, and the other thing is, it's like, what is Kyrie Irving going to give you other than 20 misses a night? I, my thing <laughs> with Kyrie, I mean, what what has he got? He's got that badass shot in the finals. Typically, what is, I mean, the East was weak as shit. When LeBron leaves to uh. Miami, the East was, what, incredibly top-heavy. There was just what, two teams. I'm sorry, I thought you said that fat-ass shot. No, I'm saying I did say Kyle Lowry. I meant Kyrie Irving. That was on me. Coach. Oh, <laughs> Kyrie Irving. What, is, what has he done? What has he done in the East? And you called mean, him top heavy. And I'm like, nah, Kyle's bottom heavy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, Kyrie Irving hasn't like. I mean, when you look at the, if you look at his uh, resume, it's not as impressive as everybody makes it out to be. Like they make him he sound like been, he's a top five player in the league, and that's what it's. He gets better. constantly referred to as. But uh, he's, uh, you know, he's he's consistently shown, with the exception of when he got traded off of the Cavaliers, he's ex- he's consistently shown that teams are play better when he's not on the roster. Even now, you see that he gets suspended, and they immediately went on a two-game winning streak. And it, it, like I know that's a small sample size; they ended up losing the third game, but it, but they ended up coming in close to to Dallas. And but I know that's a t- tremendously small sample size, but it's not really a small sample size when you consider what happened in Brooklyn previously when he got uh, when he got hurt prior to Durant coming back. It's not a small sample size when you look at the two seasons he had in Boston. Um, it seems pretty consistent that your team plays better when Kyrie Irving's on the bench. Uh, Ky- Kyrie Irving's on the mend or suspended. I mean, realistically, prior to LeBron coming to Cleveland. Kyrie Irving was the primary uh, primary player, and you know they consistently finished in the bottom four teams in the league in Cleveland. That said, Kyrie Irving fought a lot of injuries, and he consistently fights a lot of injuries. Injuries, but like I mean, the reality is, is you're right. He hit a shot. He hit a really good shot in the finals, 
And I mean, when you go back and rewatch that three uh, that three one comeback in the finals, you can't you can't make an argument that he wasn't as important as LeBron James in those comebacks. So he's got that whole final series, and outside of that, he's just been kind of coasting. He's been living off of that. And you see him; he can cook. Like he he still has the handles, and he still has like such a like, uh, such a nice game to watch when he decides to be engaged in the game. But it's less and less frequently that's happening. I mean, in a weak East with Cleveland, because real, I mean, who was good in the East when LeBron came to Miami? It was Indiana, Miami, Atlanta had a run for a hot minute. Yeah, and he couldn't make the playoffs. No, no, no. The West was leagues ahead of the East in terms of strength at that point. More so than now, for sure. I mean, if you think about it, like realistically, what happened? What happened when LeBron? What was the difference between the LeBron team that finished first in the East and the and the Cavs team that finished um, with the first overall pick that season? Right. So they ended up picking. Uh, they ended up picking Andrew Wiggins. So they traded Andrew Wiggins and Anthony Bennett, who was another first round uh, first, first overall pick that they they had the, from the previous year. Um, they ended up packaging those two uh, two players together to get. Kevin Love, which is obviously Kevin Love at that period of time, was a huge upgrade over Anthony Bennett, and they added LeBron James, who's a great player. But like, is the difference of Anthony, uh, like, is the difference of LeBron James and Kevin Love really last to first? I mean, that's. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I would say I peak really, LeBron would, James, absolutely. Yes, yes, I would, yes, yes. I, I would argue, I would argue that there was definitely a, a foundation there that existed. That uh, that was underperforming and underutilized under a different core player. Come on, man! LeBron James took the Cavs to the one seed with Mo Williams and Zadrunas Ogalskis in a very jail. And his dad. Yeah, come on. And this and this was peak LeBron. That was young LeBron. Peak LeBron is absolutely enough to take these guys to the number one seed. Are we calling Are we calling Cavs two really peak LeBron? Like Cavs I've, two, Cavs two is peak LeBron. Two thousand eighteen is his best season ever. I, I, I don't know. So. I still think my his first season in Miami was look at the, the best stats, bro. No. If anything, his second playoff round I think was peak LeBron. His third playoff round. His, sec- was his second stint in Cleveland was his absolute peak. It's, it's when he took his lessons from before. His lessons in Miami, all, all he took from culture, and put it all together in Cleveland. That was peak LeBron. And he's still the best passer in history. To this day. So, that, so that's the history lesson, I guess, yes. on LeBron James. So back to the heat. <laughs> Noted LeBron James superfan, Sandora. <laughs> I'm on record on this podcast still calling him the best passer in the league. He just has no one to pass it to. It's not his fault those bums don't make their shots. Um, so yeah, uh, so is there anything else that you, anything else I got egregiously wrong when I said that you guys are playing some part this season? See, I'm gonna go all in. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna. I, I think. I think you're a secret closet Heat fan. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've got to put it out there. You know, I, I think you like this a lot more than you act like you do. <laughs> No, I mean, I, I, I like the like I like teams that develop players and build uh, build uh, build something out of what appears appears to be nothing. Um, and the heater, uh, the heater, the master uh, masters at that. Like you've got, 
you, you're constantly uh, you're constantly show, uh, showing your uh, uh, showing your development uh, player development programs and such is uh, is top of the league. So there's no arguing with that. Um, your team right now sucks. <laughs> I'm just. <laughs> I'm making a lot of money betting against them. That's what I can tell you. <laughs> I will say that the most frustrating thing as a Heat fan for me for the past four plus years has been that it feels like every aside from when Jimmy Butler came I feel like every year it's been the same heat team with slightly different pieces uh and that's really it like every year it's uh the 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 second line is is really like 80 percent of the first right and and there's really nothing there's a lot of depth, but not a lot of ceiling, if that makes sense. So, yeah. so and and it's really just kind of frustrating to see the same team rolled out like year after year, and and we we hit some you know diamonds in terms of development, but but really doesn't pan like you know Duncan Robinson was great that like the first eighteen months, and then kind of just disappeared after well, twenty twenty. The thing that's always been really annoying with the Heat is that they constantly get high on their own supply. You know what I mean? Like they they find like they can show that they can find these players consistently, uh, consistently out of the G League or undrafted free agents, and they can develop them, and they put the time into developing them, and then they give them these astronomical contracts that they uh, that make them uh, make them underperform uh, that they underperform under. Right? Like Duncan Robinson's mm-hmm. a great example of that. Uh, was Josh Richardson? No, the worst example is Hassan Whiteside. That was the first and the worst. But you um, had to give it to him. The NBA still hadn't fully shifted over to that, you know, three ball. Fa- you had to give him that contract. I mean, look at it. Was he it was gone? I mean, but the problem is who's that, the one that who's the one that you guys matched for? Was it Josh Richardson? No, um, uh, Bumpy Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's... and the Nets were gonna take him, right? I think it was. Yeah, that's probably like if you look back on it, that's probably the biggest one that that you like you got an error on. It's like you know, it was a second round draft pick that you guys developed, and and you showed time and time again that you can continue doing it. That's the thing. It's like if you're a team that doesn't do this often, and maybe you just kind of got lucky. I could understand why you would why you would go crazy for these types of players, but when you consistently, think, I think back even back then though we were I was still our kind of our first couple instances. Of being able to do that before then it was really all free agents we were uh between johnson and uh justice no just who, who did i just say hassan whiteside those were really the first few Leaders. diamonds in the rough that we kind of were able to develop and, and really because before then like basically uh pre lebron leaving it was all veteran players all the time Essentially, there was not a lot of care about the draft picks and things like that. Yeah. Um, for the most part, um, and and the other thing that kind of, you know, unfortunately, really changed the way that the team was go was gonna move forward was uh, everything that happened with um, Chris Bosh. You know, Chris Bosh was built for what ended up being the future of the NBA, right? But yeah. obviously, um, you know, that you know just changed things forever for us. Obviously, with the Chris Bosh situation in mind, it's interesting looking at the Cleveland Cavaliers right now. And what are they, like four years removed 
from uh, LeBron? Is it four years or is it five years? I think it's four years. I do think it's four. They're four years removed from uh, having LeBron, and I guess the I guess my question would be like, what what do you guys like when you look at the uh, when you look at where the Cleveland Cavaliers are now? They're a team that obviously bottomed out once they lost LeBron, but the Heat never really went that path, and I wonder if you think that maybe that was a mistake on the Heat's part, because um, it looks like they've bounced back in a way like. Not that the Heat haven't obviously had some success without LeBron. Like they've they had that one run to the finals. They went to the Eastern Conference Finals last season. But no, like you mentioned, that. you like you mentioned before, like you know, they, it always seems like there's a very low ceiling with uh, with the te- with the Heat teams, and each season they seem to be kind of maxing that season a ceiling. And I guess the question is: is wouldn't it be better to have uh, to uh, like it would have been better for you guys to not necessarily maximize those ceilings in the first few seasons after LeBron and then? All that being said, I feel like they had to then not fail, you know, because Pat Riley's a spiteful son of a bitch. He still hates Jordan to this day, so they had to not fail out of spite to LeBron. Yeah, they couldn't let him. And that one season, I think it was against, I think it was against Toronto. I, we lose against you guys in seven games. In the second what, round. Right? In the second round, and that was a phenomenal series. Yeah. We had everybody injured. I think that's the that's the Wade series where he goes up against the purple shirt guy, mm-hmm. which was just awesome. That was just oh, oh my god, I scream at my TV. I'm usually a very calm human being, but my god, playoffs. That's my wife was just like, who are you? Oh. <laughs> I am. I am. Un, oh insufferable so that season i think we i don't think we beat lebron but chris bosh not get blood clots hassan whiteside is ascending i think we take him to six or seven i think we would have beat toronto oh if hassan whiteside would have just played i think we'd beat toronto and then against lebron i I think we would have taken him to six or seven would have lost probably but that would have been so much fun that drama was just building up perfectly i mean that was two years removed so no, I don't think they. I think it's against their their. It's like they'd rather you know they they'd rather be like well you have a chance for top five pick or you have a chance for ninth place. All right, yeah, we'll take ninth place. Fuck that. They, I, I yeah. don't think they know how to lose on purpose, and it's kind of frustrating. Well, I I guess I go back to my uh, my second question then. Like when you look at the rebuild after uh, post LeBron. And uh, you look at where the Heat are now, where they're like, what, 10 years after LeBron or 8 years after LeBron. Um, and you look at where Cleveland is now, you know, f- four years after LeBron. You know, I guess the que- while you guys have had a lot of, you know, me- uh, measurable successes, would you, which, uh, which option would you rather be at this period of time, I guess is my question. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change this and I'm going to go into, into baseball. I think the Cubs are a perfect example. The Cubs are losers. Their nickname is the lovable losers. <laughs> you have that loser mentality going in, you're going to lose. I think the Heat don't have that loser mentality. It's by design, by whatever the hell you want to snort. I mean, you know, talk about culture and whatnot. But it's just, it's, it's, they'd rather not. They'd rather continue to fight for middle ground and then over exceed all expectations because they have everything set in place than to lose so i'm okay with this i mean what do we have four years five years of what this how many years eight years lebron left we've got six playoffs yeah. we've missed the playoffs maybe twice yeah i think that's I how think that it math was just works out time. yeah 
And the other thing I'd like to add it is that I don't, we don't really, like, Cleveland looks like they're in a good place, right? But, I mean, they just started out strong. They have uh, Donovan Mitchell and a couple other pretty good pieces. But it's still really early in the season. I honestly really don't start paying attention to basketball until January and February. But, you know, obviously they've done well, but we can't, like, we don't. We can't know for sure how well they're going to do compared to the Heat yeah. um, in May, May or June. Uh, so I'd rather be the Heat to be to be honest, because at this point we've learned how to develop players. We know how to scout players, uh, young talent anyway, prospects. Um, we've got we've got Jimmy Butler uh, and, and Bam and Tyler, and I think I like that a lot. I think. What I would rather have preferred is if we were a little bit looser um, with some of these other contracts in terms of letting them go and, and making better decisions on trades and things like that, where we yeah. could have gotten better pieces. I like I'm I'm still not a fan of us letting go of of Goron. I, I you know uh, I, he doesn't look trash. He, 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 <laughs> He's washed, bro. Give he's a hundred percent. But yeah. I just I don't like Goron versus uh, Kyle. Like obviously Kyle's a little bit better, but like I don't know. It's, Here's, it's still this is the thing with you Heat fans, okay? <laughs> you hold on to these relics, man. You hold on to these 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 relics of the past, you say that to face, and you need to give them yeah. up. You miss Goron, and I miss Goron. I'll be. I'll. I will. You lie. miss Goron, and y'all still have Haslam sitting there, and he doesn't Dragon. even play. The statuesque look, and maybe Yo, at the same time. This year. You know what's sad is he has been playing. That's I know. Awesome. Look, I think y'all might also just have too many cooks in the kitchen. You, you said it a bit ago, half. You got. You got the Godfather in there. You got Shane in there. You got Spo in there. Too many cooks in the kitchen. Uh, maybe and too Andy many Ellsberg, voices. Don't you dare forget Andy Ellisberg. But and look, kind of look, where, I'm just it's kind of where it works out. At the end of the day, who has all the decision is uh, is the owner. But he's got all these people coming to him, and I'm telling you right now, if I was the owner and I got five, six people coming to me, that kind of shit would drive me batty, eh? Okay? That's why he runs a successful business, and you don't. No, no, do not, do not reward that. If you were to go through the Miami Heat's current roster and the Cleveland Cavaliers' current roster, could you tell me your top five players out of those combined rosters and do it in uh, in reverse order with starting with number five? Talk about this. Here's I'll be, I'll be honest. I didn't realize Kevin Love was still on the Cavs. Well, first off, Kevin Love is not he in wouldn't this conversation. Be, no. <laughs> so, but like, I mean, like when you're looking at like when you're looking at Jared Allen, Garland, Mitchell, yeah, it's, it's, Mobley, I'm like, you know, I, and I'm looking at I'm Jimmy looking Butler. at the Jimmy would be like Jimmy four Butler. Or five. He yeah, like I, I'm looking at Jimmy Butler, and then I'm like, I'm trying to find, Jared I'm Allen, trying to find somebody else. Donovan Mitchell is one on the Miami Heat that I would personally put in that top five. Do you remember when Fultz is going to be back here at the Fultz Court Press Pod? We love that guy, so <laughs> we're looking forward to seeing him play. Hopefully the full season. Hopefully nothing comes up outside of this stub toe. You know what I mean? Buddy, come on, man. You just 
the fourth <laughs> season. The fourth right season. There. It was right there. Jesus Christ. I, I just did Fultz Court Press. Like, I'm not I know, but like, I mean, if you already were going to do Fultz puns, yeah. man, come on. Doing? Just go all in. Like, God damn it. <laughs> I can't edit it back in, just so you know. Like, I can't no, make it sound no, like no. This is funnier. This is funnier. <laughs> Get a clean take. Just start it yeah. You're listening to the Fool Court Press Podcast. Our next segment here, Topics DeJounte. Um, obviously... Um, there are a few different things that have ha- evolved in the Kyrie Irving situation and also the Nets coaching situation. Uh, we can also, uh, if you guys want to, we can talk about the Lakers shooting woes, uh, various big injuries uh, that have happened uh, that have hit in the last week or so, um, or uh, we can talk about the the updated ladders from the NBA.com, whether it's the MVP rookie and the new Defensive Player of the Year ladders. Um, and then if there's any interesting gra- uh, trades or the AD trade talk. So, uh, Sandy, why don't you tell me, what do you want to address first? I, uh, I'm kind of curious where you guys think Anthony Davis is going to end up. I think he's going to end up on the Lakers. I think he's just going to stay there. I don't think, like, like, I mean, if you're, like, the reality is, is Anthony Davis is uh, a pretty big contract. He's got one season, I, I think this is his last season. Uh, on that said big contract, and if they're going to be trading, if they're going to be trading them, they need to be having those conversations over the summer. They can't just be having them now. It's too it's too many uh, moving pieces for okay. people to put together uh, put together a a, tr- a proper trade offer. Or if they're going to do a trade a trade, it's going to not necessarily garner the resources that they were hoping to get back. Like they're definitely not going to get back anything close to the package they gave up uh, to get uh, to get him. And realistically, any team that's bringing him in for this season, you'd think they would be a competitor, like a um, a contender. A contender. And and uh, the contender is going to have to pretty much virtually blow up their team to bring him in just because of salary salary alone. So I just don't see it. I don't see it really realistically being an option for them. But I mean, I've been surprised before. But if I was to give my best guess, uh, coming the end of the season, he'd be a Laker. Do you think that before the season started, the Lakers thought they were going to be? Back to business, just great because surely they thought last year was a fluke. LeBron, all that talent those guys have, all that pride and that ego. Surely they thought last year was a fluke. They they thought they were going to be fine. And now we're talking about trading Anthony Davis. <laughs> trading it's, it's funny how we everyone says that the Heat finals run was a fluke, and it seems like the Lakers final run was actually the fluke. Now. In uh in the defense of the of that uh, the Lakers they blew up their team completely with the the Westbrook thing after winning a championship in a decision that doesn't make any sense. Just, just like mellow to the Knicks, just sheer stupidity. These guys got to stop doing that shit. But uh, to answer your question, San- uh, Sandy, like, do I think that the, like do I think that the Lakers thought that they'd be better? Maybe. Do I think that anybody who was thinking about it in a non-LA biased uh, opinion looked at the Lakers and thought that they would be anything other than a play-in team at best? I mean, you can listen to the first pod that we did, and uh, I don't think anybody here had any faith in the Lakers. No. That was before they even. Uh, that, that was after they had just played one game against the Golden State Warriors. So. Not a speck of it. One one key thing though: what is the last team? Don't look it up. Trust me. That traded. 
a perennial center, if you want to call them that. It was the Lakers. I mean, they'll do it. They traded Shaq. They'll do it. I don't. And they got a pretty decent haul back. I mean, it definitely helped Kobe. I mean, they have Brian Grant out of that trade. That was definitely a, a key player in uh, Kobe's run later on in life. So I guess the question is, is where do you see like somebody like AD fitting? AD, a person who wants to think that he's a stretch for, uh, stretch for. He does not want reali- to play the five. Reality is, he's a post five. You can't shoot. Why does he not want to play the fucking five, man? Just because he's in- he's injured all the time, and the five like like when you play low post, you're gonna get beat Visible. up all the time. Like you can't you can't play him in the low post because he's gonna get killed, right? And like it's, and that's been his problem throughout his entire career. Like he's he's he wants to he doesn't want to do it out of self-preservation the reality is is that he can't play any other position so well, it's like how kd says that he's not seven feet tall he's like what six ten and a half or whatever yeah he's really seven something because he doesn't want to play the low post yep great podcast remember michael beasley did that too michael beasley did the opposite he was six eight six ten because of the rebounds oh you fucking popped me with that one Katie's uh, or sorry, eighty is uh, is still a, a stellar defender. Um, the Lakers' defense uh, is either first or second in the league last time I checked, and that's largely to do with what he's bringing to the table. I think he's cert- he definitely uh, has the ability um, if he stays healthy, obviously, um, to uh, to help a contending team. I just can't envision a contending team that's going to be able to ac- uh, actively put together a package that won't end up destroying their organization um when uh, i guess the reality like we'd have to ask ourselves how realistic is a team like uh is a team performance such as the utah jazz um if the utah jazz uh actually are going to be something that develops into the future uh, future as like a relative contender um then they definitely have the assets to put together and the salary cap space to put together a package that would be able to absorb ad and they also have the picks to make it something interesting for the lakers but outside of a team like that um one that's performing way beyond expectation um, they just don't. There's just not really a realistic place for him to fall. I don't think. But Danny Ainge has been known to to trade for ass, trade his assets. So yeah, well, he's he's definitely know. he's definitely known for not. He doesn't like hoarding in the wall. He's he's always trying to share them and give them out to people. He's he's very generous coward, that way. Such yeah. a coward. Speaking of, no, uh... I was actually looking. I was actually looking at Boston. I think it'd be a pretty damn good fit in Boston. I thought he didn't want to play in Boston because they're all racist. Isn't that what happened last uh, time? I, I, I don't know. That could be the case. That, that's... that was the, that was what his dad. Either. That's what his dad had said uh, when they tried to bring him in when the Lakers inevitably got him. <laughs> but realistically, uh, when you say you like you like looking at Boston, where he'd fit in Boston, like you have to think about the salary they have to give out. So I guess you probably have to give up Horford. Um, but you probably also have to add in like what a Marcus Smart. Um, and then, and then throw in some, uh, throw in some, uh, some picks and such. And the question yeah. is then the FD point. Yeah. Why not? Can look, the thing with the Celtics is Marcus, not, not Marcus. I'm sorry. Al Horford and time Lord are a good pair because Horford can shoot, which means they're not both always in the post. Anthony Davis cannot shoot anymore. You can have him out there with the Time Lord, and 
how are we going to space the floor? What, what, I mean, what realistically, realistically, if Anthony Davis is brought into the uh, to the Celtics, it's probably under the assumption that Time Lord's not coming back this season because of his injuries. Because remember, there's still no timetable on that. So that's an so, all-in so, move then. So you're giving up. You're giving up a lot because I think at this point, I'd rather have Horford. Once again, like I don't like I don't see a reason why you would do that if you're the Celtics. You know that you're you're uh, as a status quo. You're finishing top two in the East, probably guaranteed at this point in time, and you have and you have a team that a team that's shown that you're able to go to the finals, and then you added Brogdon to this mix. Like I mean, realistically, I think that. Yeah, realistically, I think if I'm the Celtics, I'm not blowing up my team to bring in somebody who is oft injured and is gonna. Ha- you're gonna have to rework your chemistry completely to bring him in. So that's, I'll rock uh, that. One. I guess uh, D- uh, Duke. What do you think? Is there a team that you imagine them going to? No, I, I mean I completely agree. I don't. I don't. I don't buy into the buzz personally. I think it's just. That guy from Boston being that guy from Boston. You don't buy into the buzz. So you're saying he's going to the oh. Hornets. Buzz, buzz. I think, it, I think for me personally, as a person who enjoys chaos and drama, the team that I would love to see him go to is the Pelicans. But once again... Let's not ruin that situation with him. <laughs> I can make a pretty mean-ass, you know, little jersey swap really fast. I think I've gotten pretty good at Photoshop. I think I can do that one. Yeah, let's, if you could. Let's, let's get him back to the Pelicans. Uh, let's, uh, let's see what he could look like in a, in a Pelicans jersey. It would be a beautiful thing. Um, but realistically, if, Cousins realistically, if uh, if the uh, Pelicans weren't willing to part with Ingram to bring in Kevin Durant, I can't imagine they're going to do that for AD. No uh, so what what is the package you put together for him? And once again, like once again, like realistically, the only team that you could logically think that it might make any sense for would be Utah, and Utah would have to think that this team that they have, they have the core pieces to put something serious together this season. And while they're a nice start uh, start to the season story, I can't imagine that they would believe that at this point in time. Do we think Utah's for real? No. No. What? Yes. Yes. Says the Canadian, of course. Yes. What? Kelly Olenek. Yeah, I mean, you, you have a team that's centered it's, around Kelly Olenek and the two spot. other white centers. You got my, you got my vote. It's really Laurie Markkinen that is making that team special. He's on. Not really, man. No. Like even even if you watch these last few like if you watch their last few games, Larry Markin is pretty quiet. It's it's everybody Conley on that team. And Clarkson and they're yeah, ten they're, players they're deep. They're ten players deep. And it's like it like you know obviously when they get to the playoffs, having ten play uh, having ten very good players isn't going to help you very much. But to make it to the playoffs, yeah, definitely. Like you, this is uh, this is a team that uh, this is a team that has. Uh, has something special going on here? Like, it's weird because we looked at all these tr- pieces when they brought did all these trades as pieces that they were intending on flipping for further draft picks and more assets. But because they didn't flip them, they have a bunch of very good players that are worth draft picks and assets. So right on their roster. Do they go full ma- full major league then and start trading them all? Start forcing the tank. I mean that's. I mean that would be the only thing that they could do. I think to lose at this period of time, on a consistent basis. Once again, I don't think that they're going to be the best team in the league. Yeah, they need to like, I, I But think I definitely think. 
What if? Like, I, I think they like I could see them being a playing team. Like at this period of time, they could be a playing t- team at the minimum and possibly a top six playoff team in the West. Particularly with underperforming teams such as the Clippers and the Lakers and the and the Warriors at this period of time. So we have a situation here where we've got a star player who's unhappy. He's not a good fit. And I mean, Utah needs a star to get over the hump. What if we were to take Mike Conley and trade him for Russell Westbrook? He loves the city of Utah and the fans love him. Hmm. All right, so let's talk about injuries. <laughs> oh, the silence is always the best reaction. <laughs> Your sounders can't touch it. <laughs> so there was a few big, a few big injuries that happened over the week. Um, Kyer, uh, uh, sorry, uh, James Harden, Pascal Siakam, Cam Johnson. I can't think of any more off of the top of my head right now. Is there any ones that I missed uh, Duke or Sandy? Uh, let me take. Don't forget Oladipo. Well, big. Injuries. Yes, a, a crippling, a crippling tr- injuries that big. are preventing their teams from moving forward. Injuries that are uh, big. Nothing long term. Yeah, I think Warren's still on the IR. Does, are we counting that one, Isaac? Jonathan <laughs> Isaac. Middleton. Why Leonard injured again? Kawhi Leonard, that's a good Load one. Manager. There, we, yeah. there we go. Yeah, that man. Uh... The thing is with Kawhi, it's like his knee was always a problem. When the Raptors got him, like, you know, obviously he missed the season prior because of the pectoral issues, but the knee ever since ever since uh, Zazla Petulia. Uh, I thought you said Zazla. <laughs> Zazza. I got that one right. I know I got that name right. <laughs> uh, but ever since Zaza Pachulia like uh, went underneath him on that jump shot in the playoffs, like his knee has been in chronic problem. And uh, when the Raptors got him, everybody thought that like the Raptors were just like, oh, we were just trying to, like, uh, they were just trying to like keep him happy and stuff like that. But the reality is, is when you saw him make that playoff run and he was playing consistent minutes on a night in and night out basis, his knees started getting worse and worse. And by the time they got to the end of the finals, he was like limping the entire the um. entire games. Right, so I mean, and then ever since then, you know, he's been nothing but uh, he's had nothing but knee problems again uh, since going to the Clippers. And the reality is, is like when we make fun of the load management, but it was there for this particular reason. The only way you can get him through a season is by giving him regular time off. So, um, our uh, podcast favorite team, the Orlando Magic, their uh, new star player Paolo Bencaro has a sprained ankle. Yeah, and they also uh, they also fucked up my parlay. Yeah, because they decided they decided that the third time they're going to win this season was going to be against the uh, Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, they they held Luca and those guys to their worst scoring game of the year. It looks like they didn't even have a ninety. Yeah, that's better than what the Raptors did against them. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, no. Uh, so the uh, Kawhi Leonard uh, situation, while it's frustrating. I mean, if you listen back to the first podcast as well, this is what I talked about when it came to the Clippers. You can't rely the, on them. You can't like like even if he is healthy right now. Let's say he this like this is just them giving him rest for whatever reason. This is just what it has to be for Kawhi. If you want to see him, if you want to see him playing uh, in May, you got to take care of him uh, right now in uh, in November. 
so when he played in those first few games, he didn't really look great. He's got a lot of rust to, to get off. Um, I mean, he hasn't played in a season and a half, yeah. and he was coming off of the bench. So Comparatively, it's... Jamal Murray in Denver, these last few games, he's putting it together. He looks really, really good. He's getting his confidence back. He's getting his shot back. He's been scoring 20 a game. He's looking like his old self. Yeah, and uh, and you know it's uh, it's good because it's been two seasons almost like two full seasons that he's been out. So um, it's good to uh, good to see him uh, moving along. And you know Denver Nuggets uh, haven't been performing where where I think everybody had expected them to be performing. But I think that, that it's going to take some time for them to kind of get uh, get to that point. And uh, you know Jokic has just been a freak of nature. His passes are ridiculous, almost as good as uh, LeBron's. His uh his four check is amazing. Um, so yeah, uh, Cam Johnson, uh, Sandy, you want to let us know what you think uh, think about that injury and how the Suns are gonna? I think the Suns will weather the storm. Last year, Chris Paul got hurt. They weathered the storm. Um, they'll be fine. I, in terms of his future, I know it's a contract year, so I get why he did it. Um, it's gonna hurt him long term taking the uh, the fast recovery time though I feel um, is he's gonna be back in two to three instead of uh, six season. to seven I believe months yeah. so he'll yeah, be back like, before the season's over he'll probably be back around I guess February um, and I think yeah, we I talked about this on the I think we talked about this on the pod last, uh, like uh, uh, earlier, which with Cam Johnson uh, not being uh, re-signed as an RFA, yeah. and the potential of him being a max player going into uh, going into next season. He was putting it together. It's and he was he was starting to put in he was starting to put in like you know some thirty point games and stuff like that. And he's an excellent shooter, and he's a he's a he's uh, an underrated defender. Def- he's a savvy defender. Um, it's a, it's a, it'll be a shame if he doesn't come back with the same kind of pop, uh, coming back from this injury. Cause, uh, it could really hurt him in the, in the long run. Um, it's almost like, I, I feel like he almost put enough t- uh, tape together. If he were to take the rest of the season off, he probably would be okay. But I think reality is in his mind, he thinks he has a chance at winning a championship this season. So I think that's probably factoring a lot into his decision-making. I guess the big concern, though, in, in the Suns is like who's stepping up uh, to take his place, and where where is that where is that outlet shooter? Um, who's the outlet shooter that they're going to be relying on now that he's out? I think it'll be Dario Saric. I mean, he, you know, we signed him or we traded for him a few years ago, and he really turned our offense around uh, that first year that they made the finals run. Um, he was hurt. He's been out for a while. Uh, him being back, being ready to play now, he hasn't really been getting the minutes. But with uh, Cam out, I think he'll he'll start to see more opportunities, and I would be shocked if he didn't take advantage of him because he can shoot. He's a great passer, and um, he's he's really a pivotal guy to have uh, depth wise because he's a big and he can shoot. But he can also pass. He's, he, his vision is great. Yeah, he's one of those European bigs. Yes. Um, if, that's, if that's the future of bigs, I'm all in on that. 
Joe bitches of the world, Jokers of the world, and whatnot, those <laughs> passing bigs, they just look so smooth. <laughs> like when Shaggy said that, oh, it just looks so clean. Man, did you guys see that one-hander he uh, did, uh, that Jokic uh, did? Um, I can't remember against which team, but he like got he got like a pass from Bones Highland, and there's like, like one solid basketball threw it right into the post. So oh, I can't. It's so beautiful. I can't get over half. Uh... Mentioning Jovic instead of Jokic. Like, of course you no, go with the Heat guy first. <laughs> no, but he went the Heat guy first. Come on. Yeah, he prioritizes his Nikolais. Uh. Well, one is a one is a thug, and, and the other one's, you know, a future... I'm surprised I didn't get any laughs when I mentioned his fortune. Hey, how's, how's, uh, how's Morris <laughs> doing, by the way? Did he ever recover? I think he did. What, what team is he on? He's gone. He's in the Clippers. Yeah, he's he? gone. Oh, so, so he's I, on the. I think that's the other Morris. Yeah. Yeah, that's the other one. I think. I think. I think he's uh, Marquis or something. Isn't Marquis on the? Is he on the Bucks? Uh, oh, on the Nets. He's on the Nets. On the Nets. Go buck yourself. I hate the Morris. <laughs> Never heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the Nets don't exist. Um, so I guess, uh, so then the last person, uh, the last two people we'll talk about are, uh, James Harden. So, uh, Duke, what are your thoughts on Harden and, uh, Harden and the 76ers with, uh, Harden being out for what looks to be over a month? I mean, it depends on what, uh, really, I think what, what Maxi can do while he's out. I mean, the dude can blow up. He's fast. I mean, he, he he's capable of having huge games, um. But can he chain them together? He's also capable of uh, peeing down his leg. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, the the Sixers weren't looking too good with Harden. So, but yeah, Harden, but was, Harden was playing. Better. Yeah, Harden was playing really well. But the question, like, I think the, I think with uh, this, you're gonna see what is it? What does a team look like when you have like these heliocentric players missing from the roster? Nice word. And. Uh, and uh, and uh, what what happens with the supporting cast? Because it's similar to what we saw with uh, Morant and the Grizzlies last season, right? Mm. And uh, you know, since Harden's been out, the 76ers have uh, I think they had a comp- uh, they uh, beat the Suns, right? And they had a, a competitive win before that. I can't remember which uh, which team it was, but like overall, I think like when you look at the, how the team is uh, the team has performed without Harden, it's not necessarily the end of the world. Uh, one of the things that you noticed with Harden uh, in the lineup is Embiid was his touches were way down uh, to start this season, um, and then all of a sudden Harden's out of the lineup and Embiid starts taking over again and looking like his old self. I don't know if that's co- I don't think that's a coincidence. Obviously, it's a small sample size, so we'll have to see how it looks uh, later on in the season, um, but. I don't know if uh, Harden makes the 76ers a better team at this period of time. Here's the thing with James. Um, James Harden is one of those guys who's ball dominant, but he can't really do it off ball like that to the extent of some of these other guys who are ball dominant. Like He looks like his old self because he's been holding that ball much, much more than he did last year when he was first traded there. And last year when he got there, people were saying it doesn't look right. He, he was playing down. He wasn't playing like they expected that he would. And this year, start the season, he was playing great. He was playing phenomenal. He, his numbers were up. He looked really engaged. Uh, he had a 17-assist game. And that's because he was holding the ball. And that's a detriment to Embiid. I don't know if they can both coexist. They have to find a way to. And now that he's out a month, they're going to lose a lot of valuable time. 
really finding that way to mesh with one another. Um, when he comes back, he's going to have to get his legs back under him. He's going to, that's again, more time lost trying to make it fit right because he's not going to be where he should be for probably another few weeks once he does come back. Well, the question I think the 76ers need to ask themselves, is it worthwhile to have a James Harden that's getting 30 points a night and an Embiid that's getting 15 and a Maxi that's getting 15? Or does it make more sense to have Maxi and Embiid getting 30 points a night? Um, and then and then seeing what what third uh, third character can step up because realistically with the ball in James Harden's hands and this is what happened in Houston and this is this is how James Harden performs best when the ball's in James Harden's hands the supporting cast does not do as well um, the p- people who play away from Harden play a lot better than the people who play uh, than when they play with him that said you know it, ha- it was a winning formula in, in Houston they got uh, they got fairly far a couple times but, I mean, you look at Chris Paul. Chris Paul came out of playing with the Houston Rockets and looked like he was cooked. He goes And then he goes and drags the corpse of the OKC, uh, OKC Thunder to the playoffs and then goes to Phoenix and, uh, Phoenix and almost immediately makes them a, a championship contender, right? Like, if you look at, uh, you look at every play, like, if you look at all these players that played with, uh, play with Harden and they look like their careers are over, they consistently have renaissance co- uh, coming outside of it. And, uh... And that's, I think that's just the reality of it. We're looking at it again here where you're seeing Embiid, who's a person who's shown that he can be a top five MVP candidate. But, you know, with Harden in the lineup, he's just your everyday, he's just another everyday big. He's just another Clint Capella, right? And then all of a sudden when Harden's gone, then all of a sudden you have Embiid back again. And the question is, is what's more valuable for you? You know? Do we know for sure? That that's how it's going to be with them two together. Though, have we seen enough of them to know, or do we need more time to see if they can obviously, figure it out and be a better fit? If they, they we're talking about away. the first ten games, right? So right. Sample size, sample yeah. size theater. But I mean, it, the thing is, is we know what James Harden is. Yeah. And the question is, is like, is it has he is he able to change? So far, like the beginning of the season, it didn't show. He didn't show the ability to change. But we could be wrong. People could change. It's going to be okay. There's people in the world. So the last one we'll talk about is Pascal Siakam. Uh, he's going to be probably out, they said, for t- uh, two weeks before being reevaluated. Uh, he's had this injury before and he missed 23 games. Uh, the good news for the Raptors is they're coming into a relatively easy patch. They're going into the West uh, West Coast trip and they're playing a lot of the the. T- the teams that have been underperforming. Um, so they do have the ability to kind of weather the storm, I think, over the next eight games that they're expected to have uh, uh, Siakam out. It looks like they have fairly easy, uh, a fairly easy way of getting the four, uh, 500 coming out of that. Um, but the reality is, is like you look at the defense in the last two games, you really see the impact uh, that someone like Siakam has on that defense, even though you still have... Um, all defense, uh, all t- defensive team players like uh, like Gary Trent Jr. and uh, OG Ananobi out there. You're seeing them consistent. You're consi- seeing a consistent hole um, being created, even though they have decent defenders stepping in, like Boucher and Precious Achua. So uh, it will be an interesting two weeks. So hopefully, it's not going to be uh, much longer than that. Um, but re- the reality is, I think the Raptors, if they were going to have this injury, it was a good time to have it. I mean, honestly, y'all weren't looking 
great even before he got hurt. I mean, it was up and down. I mean, offensively, I would agree, but defensively, I think the Raptors were pretty solid. Um, consistently, play, teams were having their worst offensive nights against the Raptors, and I think that had a lot to do with uh, just a team cohesion and Pascal being a large part a part of that. Except for the um, Nets. And the sorry, I, except for like the Nets and then Maxi. Those are the only two. But Maxi always turned him into Curry. Yeah, yeah. So uh, after that, uh, do we want to talk about the fallout from Kyrie or no, no, no? <laughs> Let's no. We did enough of that shit last. No. Yeah. Mm-mm. We'll just uh, give a quick update. Kyrie's been suspended, and they decided to sign there. Uh, they decided decided to, uh, against signing Ime Adoka under the advice of everybody on the planet, and went to instead to uh, it, it went instead to. Uh, Sign their interim coach permanently for the season. Uh, yeah. See you, Kyrie. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Duke, do you want to uh, you want to have a conversation about uh, the various NBA.com ladders, the MVP ladder, the Depoy, the Rookie of the Year? Do a little ladder hey. chatter. Ladder chatter. Yeah, let's go. All right. Uh, so anybody like you've had a chance to go through it and you've been looking through the numbers. Anybody that surprised you on the the rookie of the year ladder? Um, I mean it's it's largely the same as last week. Um, I think the top five looking at it's Bankero, Matherin, Ivy, Keegan, Murray, and then uh, uh, Tari Eason. Yeah, I think Tari Eason's new to that top five. He, he yeah. knocked out Jabari Smith, who has no business being on the list at all. Jabari Smith has had a sh- shitty-ass year. Yeah, and then our guy, uh, our guy Shaden Sharp, dropped to... You know, <laughs> he had a, yeah, Shaden Sharp had a rough week last week, and so did, uh, so did Matherin as well, oh, even though... Uh, he's even cooking though tonight. He's, is he? What's he oh, sitting yeah. at? He, he had like 23 points at halftime. I haven't checked in on it. I've been watching this Utah game. <laughs> I can't wait till they put him in. I can't wait till they put him in a, a, into the starting lineup. Um, if you start giving him, if you start giving him Ben Caraman, it's this kid's gonna be averaging forty points a night. <laughs> he's he's good, man. He's efficient. He's he's good. <laughs> so uh, there was a, an, an interesting name that did show up on the uh, on the rookie ladder um, that I wanted to mention. Uh, Duke, do you know which one I'm gonna talk about? Uh, I'm gonna say Coloco. Yeah. Coloco. Oh, what a shock! Christian Coloco, the uh, the second round uh, second round draft pick uh, for the Toronto Raptors. Now to remind everybody how the Toronto Raptors got this second round draft pick. So the Toronto Raptors had this player. He was uh, he was really inspired by Queen. Um, he got a bicycle and then he got a fat bottom. And then uh, he got himself uh, shipped off to Miami for Precious Chua, uh, Goran Dragic. And then Goran Dragic uh, decided he wanted to stay a Heat player, and the Heat decided they didn't want him anymore. So we had to flip him off with a, fir- a first-round. So awkward. Can, I, I want to go. That was the most awkward thing. He's, so... he's a Toronto Raptor, and he's wearing Heat gear in warm-up. And, like, yeah, and, and he like we sent him home. We sent him home, and he just decided to work out the heat gym the whole time. <laughs> and we kept on being like, "Hey, you guys want him? Do you want to take him?" And the heat are like, "Nah, nah, it's okay. We don't want his desiccated corpse to be playing on our team anymore." So, <laughs> so the Raptors, so the Raptors had to flip him to San Antonio. 
So the Raptors had to flip his ass to San Antonio, uh, and they flipped his ass with San Antonio along with a first-round pick that I believe became... Uh, it became like, uh, that Butler gear. It was amazing. <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> this fucking guy. <laughs> so they flipped him to uh, San Antonio. They got Thad Young, and they got a second-round draft pick. So with, uh, with the first-round draft pick that the uh, Spurs got, they picked that Sancho kid, or was, uh, what's the other... What's that one kid's name? The one with the white, like that silver hair. He was in the rookie ladder last week. Oh, oh that's fucking. Oh, Sochan. Sochan, yeah. So they they picked that Sochan kid, and you know he seems to be pretty good. That's all nice and uh, that's all well and good. The Raptors got Christian Coloco, and one of those people's in the rookie ladder right now, and the other one isn't. And it's the second round draft pick of the Toronto Raptors. Hey, you're welcome for Goran Dragic. Yeah, no, it, great. Yeah, it's, and I'm I'm happy to see he, he he landed on his feet in in Brooklyn, and he was part of a real successful playoff push for the Brooklyn Nets. And now he's landed on his feet in in uh, Chicago, where he where he tried to shush the Raptors crowd as they blew him out <laughs> at home. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you do it. That's how you do it. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's I'm just I'm just so happy. Like it's so great. Like cuz Drogic is like I really want to be with the Heat and the Heat are like no. No, guy, we don't want you. The Raptors he gets bought out on the Spurs. He can go sign as a free agent. They're like no, no. He's like fine. You know what then? I really want to play with Luka and Dallas. And Dallas is like no, nah, bro. We don't want you. We can't use you. You're useless. And he keeps just bouncing around to every broke he keeps bouncing around to every broken team in the East. But apparently it was the Raptors' fault that he wasn't playing on the court. It wasn't that I thought it funny. It could happen to a nicer guy after how he left Phoenix. Yeah, no, it's uh, he's uh, I don't know if he has the disease of me or if it's just a disease. But he's just uh, you know, good, good for him. I'm glad it's. I'm glad everything's worked out for him. Did he really <laughs> show up to Raptors shoot around with heat gear? Yes, I believe half has said that multiple times, Steve. That's the funniest shit I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> and he still doesn't notice. Nope. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, MVP ladder. Uh, who's your MVP to start the season, Vlo- uh, uh, Volps? <laughs> uh, I, honestly, I have no clue. Yeah. No, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with uh, Giannis. I'm, I'm, I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad yeah. that we brought Baldy back from the dead. Uh, <laughs> if we get to a you would have thrown out a soccer player. Hey, hey, hey! Volpe has soccer. Wait, wait, wait! He's got some F1. You have to. You I've have got to... an F1 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah. No, 30 seconds. <laughs> you there you want go. 30 minutes? <laughs> wait, someone filibuster for me, and I'll have an answer in like two seconds. <laughs> Pull up Dr. Seuss so half, right half. Who do you have as MVP? I mean, it's got to be Giannis. I mean, the way that yeah. that team is playing right now, it's just Luca. I think I'm sorry, but Luca's great. He's in shape. He finally came into the season in shape. You can't complain. Donovan Mitchell's a bum. Get out of here. He's not a top. Uh, he's not a top five. Duke, you have a rebuttal about which part, Luca? Yeah, about uh, Donovan Mitchell being a bum. Oh, Donovan Mitchell's oh, he's a bum. obviously not a bum. Let me get you got quite a lot of money. Probably got a oh, nice well, house. Got... Oh, see, and that's the thing. Any one of these guys are going to be better at their profession than I ever will be at my profession. That's okay. I don't care. Uh, except for Goran Dragic. I mean, right. don't sell yourself short. That's right. Goran Dragic paid to be a Miami super fan. 
<laughs> He's paid to be what you are. <laughs> the uh, the MVP is Giannis Antetokounmpo. It's Giannis. It's, it's yeah, no, it's far and away. They started nine and zero. It's not even. It's not even close because he's dominating everything. Like just in every stat, like every stat, you know, it's like him and Jokic and everything all over again. It's well, Luke, it's it's own, ridiculous. Lucas leads the league in scoring. Yeah. Okay. And, is he? Oh yeah. All right. I'm, I'm going to go four or five yeah. points. Who yeah, you got? Yeah. Luke's Give me Luca. You're, you're taking Luca. All right. I'll we take got... Luca's side. No, it's Giannis, but Luca's averaging yeah, like is. 36 a game right now. I mean, when you watch uh, when you watch Dallas play, I feel like they're uh, they're built a little bit better than they have been in previous years. Where I feel like even though Luke is still dom- like is, is still dominating the ball and and everything like that, I feel like he does still have help. You know, like especially with uh, Christian Wood coming in and really taking those minutes that Luke is off the floor and like still keeping them alive and in the games. You know, this Mavericks team, it's uh, you know. I know, uh, I know, Sandy. You didn't have them pegged uh, to be a top a top six team in the in the West, but uh, I think that they're uh, I think that they're definitely showing that they could be there um, I, at the end of the season. Did I not have them to be top six? I'm pretty sure I just didn't have them in the top four. Oh, I think that you're you're probably right. About I, did, that. I I I can tell you that I did not have the Nuggets as number one or two or three. Everyone was losing their shit. The Nuggets are going to be the one seed because Jamal Murray's back. There, no. Well, the ones I, uh, the ones that are looking uh, the ones that are looking right for me like at this period of time is uh, the Clippers and the and Golden State Warriors. To be honest, I, I didn't think that they would be uh, the top end of the East. And, and while the Golden State Warriors definitely have an opportunity to turn that around, I still don't think the Clippers are going to be top in the West uh, going into. Golden State Warriors are going to be fine, but it feels like the disease of me. Hit yeah, it was the, awful. The entire bench. Oh, their bench is trash. Oh my god, they're so bad. <laughs> It's, we'll get I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed with the futility of their bench. Oh, <laughs> it's, ama- just, it's amazing. Oh, it's amazing. So, and that's the thing. And it's just. And when they they're losing all these road games, it's like, yeah, the bench doesn't travel. Everybody knows that. So they're. Uh, pool does travel a lot, actually. They're uh, so gold states. Uh, they're plus minus for their bench. Through I think eleven games is minus four seventy five. <laughs> I think the next closest team is something like minus three hundred. Oh, yeah. uh, they're averaging their their bench is averaging plus minus of minus like forty per game. Yeah. Did uh, Jordan bad. Poole already sign the contract? Oh yeah. Oh that didn't yeah. get right. Yep. 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 Time to take it easy. His <laughs> legs kicked up. A pool party. Got my money. Take it. The he, first. He's looked like shit. He's like the first three years of, uh, of uh, Green after he signed his. <laughs> going to, uh, are you going D-Point next? Uh, pick, yeah, let's, uh, let's talk defensive player of the year. They've got Bam. This, the, I feel like this is Bam's worst defensive year, and they've got him listed at number four. Uh, yeah, no. I mean, uh, that's not my biggest objection to this list. Oh, yeah, Obi, I agree. It's Number two is the biggest objection I have to mm-hmm. the list. How is he still there? I, I, don't, I was just fucking around about it. I, I love, did you read the article? Did, did you read the article? I'm reading it right now. So if you read the article, they're like, we asked Marcus Smart, what is the best defensive statistic? And Marcus Smart, uh, Marcus Smart is like, you know what? How about the only statistic that I actually lead in? Flops. <laughs> oh my God. Awful. 
Yeah, no, I mean, like, obviously, uh, obviously, like, Giannis is probably deep away. To be honest, if you're building an honest list here, if I, it, like, it, I, I can't imagine how Portis and Brooke Lopez are not in the top, uh, top like, seven on this list. Anybody can block a shot. Isaiah Thomas ain't blocking no damn shots. Yeah, that was the other thing. It's like, it, it like, you know, anybody can block a shot. Buddy, Marcus Smart, like, can somebody pull up his career average right now on block shots, please? No, I, I like the other. I like the other stat where it's like the best blocks are the ones you don't have to make. Like that's why you look at uh, Adebayo's block shots are just terribly low. And it's like, oh, he's just terrible. It's like, no, people just fear the shit out of him. Yeah, no, I mean, like you talk, like, oh god, we're gonna get Sandy yelling at us and again in a minute. He dropped again. Okay, uh, <laughs> charge your phone, man. <laughs> But uh, but uh, yeah, like um, like they also have like you know shot changes is another yeah, stat shot, like that's, that's like huge. like uh, that one's another stat that uh, you know that it reflects uh, rim protection. They also they also track your shooting percentage along the rim. Like so, for instance, uh, Christian uh, Coloco uh, had six blocks against the uh, the Bulls. Right, and they were like, "Yeah, the Bulls rim per- uh, the, uh, the Bulls were ended up shooting something like 12, uh, 12 of sixty at the rim. So like they're sitting at like fifteen percent uh, field goal percentage at the rim or in the paint." Meanwhile, yep. fucking Marcus Smart still flopping halfway through. Uh, what is Marcus? He's not even the best defender on his team. Yeah, what is like they're just they like they're just doing it to piss you off. And like you know when they when I read that like originally when I when I was when I was going into this uh, like going into these ladders I figured that there was like some kind of statistics that they were just putting together and I thought it was just some like this is what the computer tells us kind of thing. But when I saw Marcus Smart there at the top of that depoy list, I was like, oh, this is, this is just all bullshit. You just have some guy that's uh, uh, some guy o- over there just huffing paint and eating, yeah, and eating cookies, putting together a bunch of names he knows. For his Throwing career, point four blocks per game. Point four blocks per game because yeah. anybody can block a shot. Anyone can block a shot. Yeah, no, these shot blocks just come falling from the sky for every uh, every little six foot nothing nobody who can't uh, who, <laughs> who who thinks that uh falling over is a defensive play no he's a he's, a, he's ridiculous right, but i'll be honest uh, wait wait let me, say, let, let me say it first let me say it first future heat lifer oh future heat lifer i'm all in that's exactly what i was gonna say i want him on my team so bad <laughs> he's a pit bull that's smart replacement right there are you kidding me you want mark as smart as a future heat lifer oh what? Yeah. it's definitely a lot more po- what problem? it's a lot more possible oh. now that danny age is in utah <laughs> Yeah, what, exactly. what problems that, that he currently have does Marcus Smart solve? Toughness, culture. You already you need him. Come on. Gotta have more. You can never have enough. <sighs> What's his three point average, like like percentage wise for his career? He's a thirty two percent three point shooter for his career. That's not that doesn't fix your problem. That's perfect. That's we don't we don't need a three. Well two you to death. Yeah, no. I mean, number th- uh, number three on that list should be number two. Uh, so yeah. Uh, so any uh, so half any other thoughts on the the uh, the deep way la- ladder on NBA.com? Well said. No, yeah, so it makes it makes the most sense. <laughs> I actually Thank don't think. <laughs> I actually don't think I disagree with much. I just think Marcus Smart's going to stay there because he won it last year. Um, honestly, I'm surprised Gobert's not on it. Look, you know what I mean. I'm sure Gobert was on it last year for forever. You know what I mean until he wasn't. 
just one of those things. La- it's like, well, last year's an outlier in terms of him winning, it, and we covered this earlier because it's it's usually just the big guy. It's, it's usually not a guard. Him winning it is rare. It's an outlier. He's not going to win it again. It's going to be Giannis. They're the best defense in the league, are they not right now? Aren't they yeah. like far and away yeah, the are. best defense in the league right now? One hundred one point nine. Let's see who's the next best. <clears throat> yeah, next is is, after that is actually this is a bit surprising. Is a uh, Cleveland? Is that it's surprising? It's not surprising at all. Are you kidding me? They have Donovan they have like they they have Donovan Mitchell who's been outstanding defensively, like one of the best Fuck. defensive uh, defensive like. Uh, guards in the league right now and they have evan mobley who's like one of the most dominant like bigs defensively right now in the league like and then they also have jared allen on on top of that who's like one of the rim, rim protector savants for the last like 10 years so just it's it's a ridiculously well-stacked offensive team yeah it, like they're just such a well-stacked defensive team even karis levert has uh has really good um Guard skills, uh, Isaac Okoro coming off of the bench. Like it's just a ridiculous team from Dean top Wade. to bottom. Dean Wade, yeah, he's he's, uh, he's played well. He's probably the best D Wade I've ever seen. You know what? I'm gonna say it. Definitely in a Cleveland NBA Certainly, Defensive yeah. Player of the Year ladder voters. I want you to know, uh, Marcus Smart off Donovan Mitchell on. He's been a better defender this year. Yeah, yeah, much better. Yeah. yeah, much better defender. Reputation. You these, these these list makers. It's always reputation. Get out of here. Yeah, no, it's they, like, whoever made the list. Like when they put Marcus Smart on there, obviously there there's some form of gas leak in their home. They need to call somebody. It's an emergency. <laughs> Get this person help. Get, Get them help. When I like, I'm worried. Don't light a match. Don't do it. Be careful for the uh, don't slam your do- don't slam your doors. You're in danger. Call nine one one, please. Somebody help this person. For the record, That's here ridiculous. When we started the ladder chatter, I went to NBA.com and I just want to say it's 2022. If you did, guys didn't know out there, it's 2022. They still have a LeBron tracker page. <laughs> what are we doing? I really need to see, is he going to get over 25% shooting percentage today? What are we tracking? Oh, his point. Are we tracking his mail? Is that just where LeBron goes? We need to track what tracking. <laughs> you know, his scoring, yeah. There's, Form scoring delivery. Tracker they need to update it. To LeBron tracker. tracker. <laughs> I'm going I'm to log on there a week from now and be like, heat index. All right, so uh, so the last uh, the last thing we want to talk about this segment, obviously we already did. Is Portland or is Utah for real? Is Portland for real? Half your thoughts. Oh. I'll just wait to the end when there's seventh, you know, about four seconds left, and I'll just run down and I'll tell you exactly how I feel. <laughs> as long as Duncan Robinson's on me, I'll tell you exactly what I feel. I, I can't. No, I don't think they're for real. I think they're going to settle back down to earth. Well, I was just looking at their plus minus. Fuck no. I mean, they've like they they've won an awful lot of uh, games against awfully good teams. Uh, like they've got what they they're what two and one against the Suns so far this season. Is okay. What's your point? The Suns lost to a team from fucking Australia. <laughs> 
<laughs> I thought we weren't talking about that anymore. Why do you keep bringing that up, bro? You brought Just that let up, it go. Man. Let it go. Here's the thing, okay? The Suns, they lose these games. Just random fucking teams all the time. Let me tell you why the Portland Blazers have beaten them twice. Because the Suns don't take them seriously. And also, Dame Lillard's a very, very good whisperer. That was funny as fuck. That was he. Like, <laughs> that like, was hilarious. And they a pretty good free throw shooter too. So, no, I yeah. Like I mean, so if we were to like going back to that crunch time, if you were to say the highlight of the uh, highlight of the the whole day, it would have to be that buzzer beater that uh, that Josh Hart hit, right? Like that was an amazing last like. 10 seconds between uh, between tying the game and then just having your soul destroyed by Dame Lillard get, uh, drawing five players all at once. Yep. And then Kyle Lowry freaked out because Duncan was on him. So Kyle Lowry went to go help. Left the yeah. guy wide open. Left him heart wide open. Based yeah, on no, it was... Just uh, it was just amazing, like it, just the gravity that Dame Lillard has. I mean, it's nice seeing Dame play a little bit like Dame, even though I, I feel like he's still... Uh, Feel like he's still recovering. We still we've had a, we've had a couple glimpses of what he uh, what he used to be a few times, uh, like the Lakers game. What? Sorry. Uh, the second he crosses over the half court line, that's it. It's just instantly everyone's on him. Yeah, I mean, how could you not be? How many times have you seen him send somebody uh, like uh, send people uh, send people home, like you know, just walking uh, walking at that half court line? You know, like so. The heartbreak kid. Do you remember when? I, I, and nobody could hear me. I heard somebody say something about Charles Manson. Who the fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, what the so hell is I that? read it like I said to the, uh, like I said to the boys. Um, <laughs> I, I read a tweet today, and I assume it was true because all tweets are true. All true tweets that I read are facts. I read a tweet today from an unverified account. Uh, that said Angela Lansbury had a, had a teenage daughter when she was living in Hollywood she had a teenage daughter who was uh, who was like um, being lured in by an older man and he had encouraged her to steal food and money from her parents for him and such and as a result they just picked up and moved to the UK because I guess that's what you do when you're Angela Lansbury and, and, and they found out later it was it was Charles Manson. Yeah. I'm trying not to fucking laugh and blow you know, the story. The story checks out. There's a lot of links. <laughs> I know, yeah, I just googled it and like there's a variety link and everything. Like there's <laughs> this might well, actually be true. How do you what you think the Twitter just up. makes shit up? It was on the twi- it was on twitter.com guys. No one no, lies on Twitter. That's facts. You're listening to the Fool Court Press Podcast. You're listening to Schedule Talk, presented by Meat and Potatoes. You can't talk shit till you've made it. All right, so uh, who do you want to talk about first, Sandy? Do you want to talk about Golden State Warriors or do you want to talk about the Clippers? I apologize. I forgot we had a sound for that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Warriors. 
the Warriors. All right. And uh, Duke, do you want to pull up the schedule this time? Yeah, I'm getting it. Can you get a little bit faster? Moving Thank you, Baldy. Ba- Baldy would already have it primed and ready. I'm just saying. I'll get fucking Baldy on the horn. Whoa! <laughs> With that attitude. Schism. I'm sorry. He's got a job, apparently. With, with that attitude, we'll never get that schedule pulled up. It's God of War that came out. He's just playing that. <laughs> Honestly, right. I kind of guys... want to be playing it right now, too. Oh, it's fucking great. So what do we have, uh, what do we have Duke? All right. Uh, we're doing Warriors? Yeah. Uh, Let's just do six games, I think. Uh, six? Yeah. All right. Friday. Uh, home. Cleveland. That's a good game. I'm going to give that to Cleveland. Yeah, I mean, if uh, if they still have the same bench playing, I would assume that they'd have to have... Uh, that would have to go to Cleveland. <laughs> they eked one out against the Kings. Warriors yeah. have been pretty good at home too. That's that's why I'm going Warriors. Even though nobody asked me, I'm gonna interject and just kind of. Oh, that's gonna be. It's fine. Warriors. I guess you can talk. So uh, I didn't sure. mute myself this time, so that's why. <laughs> All right, Bloop. Who you got? You got Warriors, or you got uh, the Cavs, Bloop? I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna go Cavs actually. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I think it's gonna be the Cavs because. Uh, uh, Unless they're sitting uh, Clay and Green and Curry like they did the last time they won, um, then uh, I'd have to say that that, that bench is probably going to ruin any opportunity that they have. Yeah. Unless they get cooking real soon. Polls closed. No, I think Cook went to China. <laughs> He's... Oh, Who did Christ. they play? All right. Uh, at Sacramento. The Warriors. Yeah, I would agree. On the road. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Go Kings. Uh, King for a day. I'm telling you, if I, if I see a Kings at like a plus two fifty, I'm put I'm putting a unit on that. Hundred percent. They almost lost to them already, and they were at home. <laughs> like. It's, Warriors are winning. Warriors learned their lesson. Warriors are winning that, but I but I want to go to uh, next time I go to Canada. I'm going in January. I got we got to go to a sports bar and just gamble. <laughs> gotta get the fan. Uh, gotta get the FanDuel uh, on the uh, app on your phone. I'm on the Bible Belt. We're never gonna be able to gamble. I'm so sick of that shit. Vloop, who you got? It's an interesting one because the away games for. I mean, away game, Golden State at Sacramento. That's like a an annoying bus ride. Sacramento is pretty tough. Worse than an airplane. That's a that's worse than an airplane ride. Yeah, exactly. And they could run into traffic. You know. Now I've got the warrior. Oh, fuck up your back. <laughs> All right. Warriors with the charter bus. <laughs> All right, they come back next day, back home to play the Spurs. It's Warriors. Back to back. Playing against the Spurs. What is the Spurs record right now? Are they still five and four? Uh, f- I think it was five and six. Let me check. So they're as good as the Golden State Warriors yeah, right now. Five and six. Yeah. yeah, give me the Spurs. 
No. Wow. I'll take the Warriors on that. Dub Nation. Their losses are coming, but that's not them. Dub Nation. Call me Big Hal. All right. That joke's too inside. They have an they have an off day. They have an off day, and then they go to Phoenix. They lose that one too. They will yeah, they lose know. that That's game to Phoenix. They've they already got. State elves. They, they've already I meant got the off day by them once. I meant that they mm-hmm. lost the day of travel. That's the now. Mm-hmm. Here's my question: Will Clay and Booker? Get into a feud like 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 a shout match again, or is Clay gonna have something new? Stop so. holding his fingers up, or what's up with Booker? He can't take people like talking to him while he's doing free throws. He can't have people explain to him basic math about championships. Why is he so sensitive? Not sensitive. Stay in Answer your life. for your player. It's Devin Booker. Like, 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 why are you bothering the man? <laughs> don't do he just wants to be left alone. When we're in an open don't talk in to office. me. I just want to be left alone. I'm cleaning my room. So life, does Clay Thompson. He's playing against what Memphis. Then he gets all pissy and gets all talk so much shit. Yeah, so I, I'm gonna definitely say that the Suns are gonna win that one as well. Uh, so I got the. I think I got the Golden State Warriors at what 0 and 4. Let's go on for five. I kind of feel like they're gonna win that one against Phoenix. Against Phoenix? Uh, they just lost. When they was the last time Golden State won against Phoenix? Just a few days ago. They lost by about 25. Really? The Clay Thompson four fingers thing. It was like a week and a half ago. Oh. Booker and Did, I, thought the, I thought that Phoenix won that game. I, I must Phoenix have won that. that game like 135 yeah, Phoenix, to 106. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, When was the last time the Golden State like actually beat the Phoenix, Phoenix Suns? Last year. Last season. Did they? Because I, I thought that the Suns ran, ran those series, uh, like that season series last nah. year. I, I well, distinctly well, remember them beating them a couple a couple times. Well, they played four times. I mean, the, the Warriors won yeah. at least one last year. I know they won the first one. I know they won the first one because Booker ended up leaving the game hurt. All right, so I'm going to still go with the Suns, I think. I disagree with you half. I think the Suns are going to lose a game, and it's going to be against the Heat. Yeah, we, I heard that one last week. I agree with that. I could see that stupid game happening. Yeah, the Heat are going to come off of a come off of back to back losses against Portland, and then, and then go and beat the beat the Suns because that's just that's just something that you could just see the Heat doing. Now the Knickenbockers is a weird one. This next one, I'm going to go ahead and jump the gun, mm-hmm. just because the Knicks would have played a back to back with one day rest, then they play Golden State. They have a West Coast trip. They're in Utah and Denver. I think this is the one, to me, where the Warriors lose, actually. I think the Knicks will actually beat them at home at Golden State. It's important to note that the Warriors have two incredible losses on their record already this season. They've lost to the Detroit Pistons, and they've lost to the Orlando Magic, who have a combined amount of wins that equal that of the San Antonio Spurs. They also lost to the Hornets, and they also lost to the. Wait, I didn't. Even, I didn't even remember that. They lost to the Hornets. They did. Oh Same my god! Trip. Yeah, no, seriously. Like, I, I, I can't. I don't have faith that they can beat an Eastern Conference team to save their life. So I'm gonna say that the. I'm gonna say the Knicks are gonna win this one. Okay. All right. Well, that is. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting situation that the Warriors are in. Uh, obviously, uh, in summation, um, the reason why we targeted them is because they're clearly underperforming. It sounded it seemed like at the beginning of the season that they're that they're uh, trucking. Curry's definitely cooking, and that's the, the part that's most disturbing um, is the fact that uh, Steph Curry is just on fire, and they can't win games against the easiest. Like this is gonna be the easiest part of their schedule this first little bit, and for them to be below five hundred. It's uh, it's inexcusable. So we had a soft East Coast trip, Charlotte, like we talked about. Yeah, Charlotte, Orlando. Detroit, and Magic. That should have been a three and zero, and they went zero and three. And then they lost. Uh, then they almost lost to. They almost lost to the Kings, right? Like I mean, this is uh, they're they're struggling against teams. Like if this was if they were going through like a gauntlet. Like if, even if like they hit like Portland, uh, even if they hit like Portland and Utah and ended up losing those games with the way those teams have been surprising people, that's a little bit more justified. But I mean, the bad teams in the East have been bad. Like have, you know, they they have we considered that the vets are all fine, the young guys, the bench guys, pull all these guys, maybe a little championship hangover. They just won the title. Maybe they didn't prepare as well as they should have in the offseason because they spent a lot of time celebrating. Maybe they didn't come in as ready as they should be. Well, they're going to have the target on their back. That's that's They're going to have the target on their back, and that's maybe I agree. I'm, I'm adding on to your point that that's the other, you know, the young guys don't realize that every team's going to give them their best shot every single night, whether Duke, they have it or not. Duke, you wanted to say something? Do... Any of you think? So we went over the MVP ladder. Do any of you think Steph is actually going to get some MVP love this year? If if they don't write the ship, especially if they don't write the ship, I don't think so. Like I mean, the the MVP like the MVP debate is always riddled with results, right? So you're not you're not going to see a lot of. Uh, you probably won't even like if they don't. They just make it into the play, and they're probably he's probably not even going to get uh, get uh, any five place fifth place votes. That said, like he's definitely like if they were in a better position, he's definitely good enough to be getting uh, getting some recognition at this point. Right now, he's leading the team in points, assists, field goal percentage, and rebounds. Yeah, rebounds! Been, it's it's insane. No, he's he's been amazing. He's he's uh, been he, he's been easily one of the top five players in the league this season. Uh, but yeah. I mean, it's if they nuts. don't make if they don't make the playoffs, like I don't see how that would be something. Um, a little bit of what you're saying about the youth aspect, uh, Sandy and uh, half. I think that uh, I think that I know he's uh, he came off of missing an entire season last year, um, but I th- and uh, obviously missing half of the season prior. But I think that the I think that it has to be said that James Wiseman just doesn't fit on this team. You know, they play their worst basketball every time he gets minutes. And they did it. They did it before, like before he got injured originally, and they're doing it now that he's come back. Obviously, he's a obviously he's a young kid who's had a lot of injury trouble to start his career. But even if you go back to what he did in college, where he didn't play, like this kid hasn't played basketball really in five seasons. I don't think he's good enough to be a, a be a contributor on a championship team. And especially when you're chasing, when when everyone's chasing you, you know what I mean. Especially when everyone's just gonna be kicking your ass. It's just, I, you, you come in just kind of dribbling, real nice and comfortable, real nice and yeah. loose. You can't. Yeah, I was just I, looking this up right now. Per 100 possessions. Sorry about that. It's per 100 yeah. possessions. They're at minus 3.6. They're 24th place right now. It's just yeah. That is bad. 
Yeah, and it, well, and it's not it's not the Curry minutes. I think they're like a plus twenty eight or plus twenty nine with the Curry minutes. But like when he's off the floor, they're like a minus thirty six or something stupid like that. It's ridiculous. Um, James Wiseman once again. I want to reiterate this because I know we talked about this a little bit when uh, Jordan Poole and Wiggins got their contracts renewed. James Wiseman, um, if they decide to take up his third year option or fourth year option will be owed $12 million, which will turn out to be about $60 million with the luxury tax included. He's got to go. God. He's going to cost the, he's going to cost the golden state warriors $60 million. And he's also costing them 30 points a night. But does the, in the scoreboard, care? I think, I don't think the owner cares about the money. I mean, from all intents and purposes, uh, all intents and purposes, they said that they don't want to spend more than four hundred million in in uh, luxury tax, and they're poised to spend almost five hundred million next season with these new contract renewals. And they chose not to renew a couple depth players, including uh, Gary Payton the third uh, or second, sorry, um, as a re- as a result of luxury luxury tax concerns. Also, Otto Porter Jr. Uh, didn't get re-signed as a luxury tax concern, so. I mean, they do. They are showing that they're they are um, willing to cut depth players to save uh, save a little bit in the margins. And by a little bit, I mean sixty million dollars. It's not like a little bit, but you know, it's a lot of it. I mean, even then, there are guys that you could fit in that spot for that money that are much better than he is. Ben. Yeah, if you're going to be spending $60 million on a player, you might as well get somebody who's a positive influence on your roster. You could definitely use a mid-level exception and bring in somebody who's at least not going to cost you 30 points a game in uh, in plus-minus, right, like per 100 possessions. What is it with all the uh, the children of the lifers are just amazing? Gary Payton? Tim Hardaway? You know, just all these lifers, you know, just their children, their offspring. And just Gary Trent? Uh, so do we want to move on to Portland? Was or not Portland? Sorry, uh, Clippers. Yeah, Gary Trent on the mind. All right. So they Clippers. They are playing the Lakers tonight. Uh, looks like it's probably already started. I would imagine they win that game at home. Yeah. Well, well it's it's good that they have a home court advantage. Well, we've established yeah. on this show that the Lakers. Win at home unless they're playing the Wizards or the, the Clippers. That's canon. That's right. I mean, yeah, it makes sense. The Lakers winning lots of games at home. That seems to be holding true. So the Clippers are going to uh, win that game. Uh, what's the next one? Uh, they come back Saturday. Uh, they have home game against the Nets. Yeah, I think that the Clippers will win that game too. Did anybody watch uh, the that last uh, game in crunch time that the the Clippers ended up playing on Monday? No, man, I that was asleep. A, they went out over the Cavs. That was an electric game. Like I think they were down like going into the last six minutes by ten points, and I did like you really started seeing some of the players that hadn't been uh, been performing in the early part of the season start uh, start putting something together and Powell and uh, and. Uh, in George, uh, George and Powell, but it's weird. They kept on going back to uh, Jackson in the crunch time, in like the crunch time minutes. I really thought that they would uh, would have stuck with Wall because Wall seems to be uh, having a much better season, at least to start this year. He's played well after not seeing him for the last pl- half decade. Yeah, I think that's played well. Wow. Hmm? I'm trying to Clippers vision. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah, man, uh, Duke Clipper is. Vision. Yeah, Duke is obsessed with Clippers vision. He's like, give me those shot percentages. I need those shot percentages. I don't know what I'm watching unless I have a I have a percentage floating above a person's head. I just want to yeah. see it. I just yeah, I just want to see the numbers. That future for augmented reality, like the Hololens. Remember that Microsoft Hololens? And then it's like I would totally want like just a giant screen, and then just all around my screen, just data, numbers, figures, chart charts. Just the whole nine. Just, oh, that's how I want to watch TV. From now I mean, that seems like where the Clippers are going with it, so. I wish Steve every Ballmer team did it. Huh? Might be onto something. Oh, he had some good sellies, too, uh, that on Monday. Oh, he was electric. I just wish, like, uh, like they have, like, a Balmer vi- like They have, like, this Balmer vision that they keep talking about. I, I just need them to actually do it. Like, where you see his face and then you see what he's seeing. Like, I just, I think that would be just amazing. All right, yeah. so who comes in after? Uh, who's coming in after the? Uh, All the right, we, we got a little uh, day off, and then we take a Texas road trip. We got back to back at Houston at Dallas. So I think they beat Houston. Dallas, I think, is probably a loss. Yeah, I would agree. Your I agree with you there. I think I've agreed with everything you've said in this one so far. Yeah, that's a back. That's a scheduled loss. It's a back to back. It's back to back, and Dallas is good. You know, like I mean, exactly. like even if it wasn't a back-to-back Dallas at home, I'm probably still going to take Clipper, uh, take uh, Dallas over the Clippers in that sense. So what do we got next? All right. So another day off, and that's back to LA to play Detroit. All right. So they're playing that's Detroit. A win for the Clippers. Yeah, it's uh, that's going to be a win for the Clippers. Detroit has been a bit big disappointment for me this season. I'm going to take a risk here and give it to the Pistons. I would like to believe that's possible, but if you watch the Pistons, you know that they can't hold on to the ball. They have zero chemistry, and they like they don't even know who their playmakers are. They have two point guards in Ivy and in Cade Cunningham, and somehow Bogdan Bogdanovich is drib- dribbling it off of his fucking knees, bringing it up the court. Like it's just such an aggravating team to watch. Like it, like I don't know if I'm just like uh, I just you know I I don't know what I'm looking at. And why isn't uh, why isn't Dur- uh, Durin starting? Like I don't understand. Like they're so they're like so much better when he's on the court. Yet you know it's just a typical Dwayne Casey situation where he's not playing the pl- people who are good because they, he likes some he likes them when they're collecting social security. You just God damn it, fucking. <laughs> I'll be honest, I forgot he was still in Detroit. Uh, the coach of the year. Coach of the year. The disgraced coach of the year. I mean, I can't imagine he's going to have much more time after this season if it continues the way it's going. Uh, while a lot of people didn't have expectations of Detroit, I can tell you that Detroit Pistons had expectations in Detroit because they have a relatively good roster from top to bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's still young, and like obviously there's going to be growing pains and such, but like for it to be this bad, like it's just it's, it's, it's gross. It's gross. Get them off my TV. I thought it was going to be this bad. I thought they were just really young. No, I mean, like, yeah. if you saw, if you were watching, like, the Pistons last season, um, with, like, I, I get they they traded Grant, and Grant was, uh, it was, and I guess, Kelly kind of like the focal point of their offense. But I, I like, you, the progressions you saw out of Cade coming into the last half of the season, and uh, Sadiq Bey had, had been doing really well, and even, like, uh, Killian Hayes and such had been doing really well in the last half of the season. Um, and then you add on to that. J- uh, Jaden I- Ivey, you add on to that uh, Durin, you add on to that uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich 
Um, I mean, they traded Kelly Olynyk, so obviously that's going to lose you 10 games by itself. But outside of that, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Is it 10 Canadian games? So that's only really like what? Like about three. three. Yeah, three uh, three American games, yeah. Is that the conversion? Yeah, that, that's basically how it works. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing with the Pistons is it's just it's a roster. It's Kate Cunningham and a roster of guys. It's just a bunch of guys. Like Alec Burks. Guy. Yeah, I Nerland's mean, Noel. Ner- Nerland's Noel. Bay. But like, the thing is, is like, like no- Noel's not even getting minutes on the roster right now. Like, you can't even blame it on him. No. Like, I mean, they do have like, I mean, Bogdan Bogdanovich. I mean, yeah. he's a he's a person who can put the, uh, put the bucket uh, put, put the ball in the net like occasionally. He can put the, um, in the ball. But like, What's why that? is he why is he ball handling? Like when you like like he's a slasher and he's a shooter. I don't understand why he's a, like why they keep putting the ball in his hands. Like it doesn't make any sense. When you have Kate Cunningham, you have Jaden Ivey, you have Alec Burks. Like you have all these actual point guards on the on the roster, and you keep giving it to this guy to just dribbling off his fucking knees. It doesn't make any sense. And the passing is a mess. Like their chemistry is just zero. It's it's just a frustrating team. I'm hoping I'm hoping you know this is gonna be similar to like last season where they're gonna just going uh, go into the All Star break and like really kind of like piece things together and they start to build off of it a little bit. But I gotta be honest with you, I had them as a, a play in team uh, in the East, and I definitely don't see it happening this yeah. season. Not the that way they started. Happening. Not happening. So yeah, I'm going to give the Clippers uh, the Clippers the win over De- uh, Detroit. Is that the sixth game, or do we have one more? That is the fifth game. So we got one more. They get a day off, and then they welcome in the San Antonio Spurs. Yeah, they'll probably beat the Spurs. So overall, yeah. uh, the Clippers are coming into a pretty easy part of their schedule. It sounds like. But wait, no. Let's do let's do one more game. Yeah, one okay. more. One more game, Duke. I, I like this game. I think this is a good game. They, Jazz at. They Clippers. got a day. They got another day oh. off. Is this yeah. one in LA? Yep. Yes. Man, Utah's unbeaten, unbeaten in LA right now. I think they got three wins in LA already this season. Give it, give me the, give me the Jazz all fucking day. I'll take the Jazz. Yeah. Yeah. The Jazz would be coming off. Oh, one day rest as well. Yeah, I got to get there. Though. Yeah. I nope, mean, they. Nope, I think the Clippers won that one. I mean, they beat the Clippers in Lo- in Los Angeles after a day's rest, after tr- like just oh. destroying the Lakers. The Lakers yep. And then they came out of uh, came out of that game against the Clippers and destroyed the Lakers again. Like I'm just like this this Jazz team. It makes like like they are actually good. Like, like <laughs> that's the crazy thing. Like, they're actually a good team. Like it doesn't make any sense. Why didn't we see this Great. coming? Why? Like I don't understand. They beat the Hawks tonight. Yeah. They can't be beaten. They they're leading the right. they're leading the West. Love it. They're better than the Suns. How is that possible? Sandy, explain yourself. Why is your team losing to the Utah Jazz? It's Why is his team? It's anybody team. Use them to the Jazz? <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. All right. Do you remember when? I gotta be honest, uh, Duke, the Jack Jumper segment uh, lacked enthusiasm and uh, the same type of uh, inventiveness as the last one. I think we might have to cut it for future episodes. Um, yes, I uh, cosign. <laughs> we might have to go back to taboo topics. Yes.
stupid bitch. <laughs> Let me live, bro. Why you why? Why why? Okay, you know what? How about uh how about Lufa's taboo topics? Things don't bother me as much as they bother you, man. <laughs> you nailed it there. They're just <laughs> You could like hear those grinds through the car come down. <laughs> right now you're grinding right here. Yeah. You're listening to the Fool Court Press Podcast. So we're gonna go over uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about crunch time. I know we've mentioned a few times on the uh, on the uh, on the pod already. Um, obviously I think uh, you know, Monday was a crazy day. Obviously, with the election hap- happening yesterday, uh, yesterday on Tuesday, uh, the NBA decided they didn't want to run any games uh, on Tuesday and decided to play all 30 teams all at once on a, uh, on Monday. Uh, they spaced them out to start 15 minutes apart, and then they ran a red zone like channel called Crunch Time, which they're planning on doing every Monday moving forward. But if you look at the schedule moving forward, it doesn't have the same kind of game population. It doesn't have like that kind of like that kind of like red zone feel. Like you feel like you're gonna see every star on the field at some point in time. And it really got me thinking: Why does the NBA have to have a game every day? You know, why can't the NBA just build a schedule where they own certain days of the week. Obviously they can't do it like the NBA or the NFL where it's like everybody's really playing on Sunday. But like if you have them running running games every Monday, everybody plays Monday, everybody plays Wednesday, everybody plays Friday. And then when the NFL stops, NFL and college football stop, maybe we run games on Saturday, Sunday uh, where portions of uh, uh, portions of the teams are playing on those particular days. But really kind of build this idea that I know I'm going to be able to watch my team play every Monday. I know I'm going to be able to watch my team play every Wednesday, every Friday. I don't have to kind of look at the schedule. I don't have to think about it. I just know that it's going to be there. And then on top of that, you have this crunch time, uh, crunch time uh, program that you guys are running. You run that on all, all these particular days. It becomes the red zone. It becomes something that the, N- uh, the NBA can sell. I know that uh, they are really looking at pushing the streaming rights, and there's been a lot of talk from Apple, uh, Apple TV and Amazon, and creating a, a draw to their streaming packages uh, like... A red zone channel like uh, like crunch time I think uh, I think would be a, an, an amazing thing to sell and the last thing as well when you have designated spaces between games it allows your talk cha- talk shows to really build up the stories of the season one of the advantages the NFL has is everybody spends all week talking about what's going to happen on the weekend and then we get to see it happen right Right now in the NBA, everything happens so quickly, there isn't an ability to kind of take a second, take a pause, and really uh, dissect what has happened and then predict what's going to happen in the future. And I think that that's uh, that's a real disadvantage that they uh, that they have. But if you start thinking about building a uh, reshaping the schedule where everybody's playing all at once all the time, uh, similar to how you have it in the NFL, similar to how you have it in European soccer, you you probably uh, you probably see an opportunity to really build and develop the passion of the game. So that's my thoughts. Uh, I know uh, Duke, you also had some thoughts on this topic. Man, I loved it. <laughs> so good. We got crunchy on Monday. 
Yeah, I know. And like, <laughs> they're like it's it, super it, crunchy. Yeah, every time they every time they got into uh, got a close game in, they're they're like, oh, it's getting crunchy now, and uh, and like you're like you're feeling you're feeling like you're getting invo- involved in it, and then the announcers were really pissed off at the Lakers because the Lakers were getting blown out while everybody else was in really close games, and they're like, why are you guys ruining this for everybody? Uh, we wanted to have a good time here, but the Lakers decided to show up, um, or not show up, I guess. <laughs> So, no, it's a, it was just such an amazing television experience. I love the bouncing b- between games. I love the fact that you really got to feel the highlights of each of the games. You didn't feel like you missed out on the story of any of the games. And then, uh, and then as well, once again, if you, ha- you have everybody playing all at once, right? Like, so you know you're going to see everybody play, which is, I think, uh, amazing. Um, and I think it's something that the NBA needs to really examine. Like, you, we talk a lot about reducing travel. We talk a lot about reducing games. But I think just building a consistent schedule, I can only imagine that would go great when it comes to physical health and such, where you, like, you get your body used to a certain way, a certain, like, schedule during the week. You don't have to worry about the constant changes all the time. I think there's a lot of advantages to it. PG thirteen, another good nickname. That's a bad nickname. That's good. I like that one. PG thirteen. Playoff P. Um, (laughs) Volpe had something. No, I I think it would be really awesome. I think the one thing that would that that kind of prevents it from happening, or at least makes it really hard, is just the fact that the the arenas are all have a lot of other pre-scheduled events. And it's just so much uh, legwork to kind of work around. Like, I guess if they plan this out like two years in advance and just start saying, "All right, uh, we're planning on, on on running, you know, games Monday, Wednesday, Friday." Although I think you'd want to, you don't. I don't think you want to be as strict as Monday, Wednesday, Friday because you want to have some Saturday and Sunday games for people who can kind of make, you know, who are weekend. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean the reason why you but, the reason why you'd want to avoid the Saturday Sundays at least for the beginning half of the season is uh mm-hmm. because you're not going to do the ratings that you want to do on those days. Oh yeah, 100%. 100%. Right, like um, right now if you do Monday, Wednesday, uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Monday night football you're competing with, but realistically the sports schedules open those days. Yeah. No, but you could kind of I'd actually even play with just two days. Yeah. And then the rest, I kind of like the sprinkled schedule throughout the week. It feels kind of baseball-ish where it's just like, you know, you just turn on the TV and you got some basketball somewhere at the same time. I mean, but I'd be cool with if they did like a Tuesday-Thursday where the teams that play on Tuesday don't play Thursday, vice versa. Just kind of yeah. play around with something along those lines. I, you know, I, I do like this new home-and-home. Home, yeah. Not even home-and-home, home, the home-home schedule. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like reduced travel. It's just kind of fun. Once again, it feels kind of baseball-y, but I do like it. It's they're going to try things. I think Adam Silver, when people say that Adam Silver is progressive, this is where I agree that he's most progressive. Where yeah. he's like, fuck it, I want to try an, inter, an, an in-season league or an in-season tournament because yeah. the Knicks suck and the Lakers suck. But guess what? They're going to draw ratings if they win that damn tournament. And all we're going to give them is a Wimbledon-esque pulled silver plate. You know, but people freak the fuck out and love that shit. At first they won't, but they totally will. I mean, everybody hated ball. the play-in up until we had the play-in. Oh, plan exactly. You know, right, like I mean, like, it, like everyone's like, "Oh, the plan's a stupid idea. We shouldn't be doing these play-in tournaments. It's all garbage." And then we had one round of the play-in, and we're like, "This is the greatest thing we've ever seen." Yeah, we have so much drama. Like it's changed. It's changed tanking almost completely on its head. Like we have, we have arguably two of the best prospects in NBA history coming uh, uh, coming up in this next draft, and it's really hard to figure out which teams are trying to get them. This will never happen, for the record. 
No. TV like rights well. contracts. No. It, it's ingrained Tuesdays and Thursdays, TNT, and NBA on, like, NBA TV. It'll, it'll, it'll never happen. ESPN has its Friday night game, but during the playoffs and later on in the year, they have their Saturday night game. They have their Sunday night games. It, it, will, it will never happen. The, the, the closest you can get to it is you have the majority of teams play on three nights, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then each week you'll take two teams or three teams or four teams. I guess you can't do three because then you'd have an uneven, uh, like an uneven schedule. And you say, this no, they should week, take three teams and make one of them watch them. Well, this week, these are the teams that are going to. We call it the fall well. These are the teams that are going to participate in the uh, the prime time games where this is the only game that goes. And it's, 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 it's not realistic. It, it will never happen. It's because of TV rights contracts. They, they need their Thursday night games. It's a lot of money. And this is no. the same reason that the load management stuff uh, gets teams in trouble a lot of the time now. Uh, because the big games that are televised, they don't want you resting your stars. I think that you. I think that you can realistically build something with where you're, with your partners, where um, you could work in exceptions, or you could work something around the uh, around those particular contracts. But I mean, but like TV rights come up for renewals. Sorry. Perfect. Perfect example is college sports, college football. Oh, they'll never do a playoff. We want the Rose Bowl. We want the this bowl, the Orange Bowl, the that bowl, the Peach Bowl, Cotton Bowl. No, you just make those fucking playoff games. They're going to work together. They're still going to make their damn money. Traditions be damned. People want money. We're whores for money, not for tradition. You know what I mean? And that's the same thing. If you make ESPN a part of it, if you make TNT a part of it, they totally will. They totally will buy in. You just kind of rearrange the contracts to some degree, and you just tell them, look, you're going to make more money. Look at what we've done. This, you treat this season, the next treat the next three seasons as a test. Yeah, I'd like to see them. Uh, I'd like to see what the kind of numbers they have on these uh, on that crunch time app and stuff like that coming out of Monday. Um, and you know, like once again as well, like you're talking about, you know, we're talking about uh, traditional television, and that's where a lot of the money is right now. But the money of the future is going to be in the streaming. Um, and you really want to sell you want to sell streaming friendly packages to your uh, to your Amazons and your Apples. I mean, you saw what Am- uh, Apple spent on MLS alone. Imagine what they could do if they got if they had the opportunity to grab League Pass. To have an actual league, you'd actually be able to stream it. Yeah. Um, and, and and the other sorry the other factor to that is the the RSNs uh, and, and kind of. Going around the Bally Sports and the Comcast, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and kind of once we can kind of break those up and, and kind of, you know, I can live in South Florida and watch uh, the Miami Heat on League Pass or whatever else um, or whatever streaming platform, that's going to be huge. Well, a I, lot of people will love that. I wasn't able fight. to. I wasn't able to watch. Uh, I wasn't able to watch the Raptors on League Pass, even though they said we were able to get all the games for free on League Pass. Uh, so that was a lie. But uh, I, w- I was watching it on. Uh, I was watching on Sportsnet, and then like once crun- uh, once the Crunchy Time app uh, happened, I uh, I went in. I went over there, and I was able to get the Raptors game through the Crunch Time app. So it wasn't like that. That was regionally blocked or anything like that. So. Um, 
I mean, it, I mean, these types of contracts exist also for the NFL. So I, I imagine that you could probably come up, like you could probably do something where you mirror uh, the crunch time, uh, con- crunch time contracts with uh, with that with, that you see for the red zone and stuff. But you know, I, that's that's all beyond my pay grade. All I know is I would love to see the entire NBA play multiple times a week at the same time. Uh, what what we had on Monday was amazing. It was it was amazing, and it was. It was something I didn't think was possible because I when I when people talk about like the the NBA needs a red zone, you don't like you think to yourself you have to have all the scoring plays and there's just no possible way you can imagine all of the scoring plays of all these NBA games happening all at once. You you would be able to digest nothing. But they really like really kind of thought about it and the idea of like no what we're gonna do is we're gonna have a crunch time. App, uh, like a crunch time channel where we're seeing these these g- games going back and forth and you know, we're keeping people live into the actions and uh, everybody's watching the must-see moments of every uh, every game that's happening in every, uh, across the league and I think that was great but the only way that works is if you have a volume of games you can't it won't work if it's only going to be you know five or six games happening on that day it has to be in double digits at least yeah I, I think to I mean, to kind of put a button on it, it seems more at this point like more of a proof of concept just to see, you know, does it work? Um, but we are at least going to get that every Monday, supposedly. They're going to be doing the crunch time every Monday for the foreseeable future. So that's something. Yeah. No, I, I think uh, I think it's definitely an opportunity uh, that they they can look at going into the future. But I was really excited about what I was seeing there. Half and uh, and Volp uh, for joining us today on the uh, Full Court Press podcast. Uh, once again, we're uh, with uh, Sandy and Duke, and we hope Baldy uh, gets uh, gets the feeling better. Uh, please uh, like, subscribe, recommend this uh, podcast to your least favorite friends and your your most annoying coworkers uh, as well. Feel free to uh, follow us at uh, F Court Press at Twitter. Or you can, uh, or you can add add topics to the rundown uh, at hashtag FCP Rundown. Uh, is there anything else anybody wants to say before we head out? Harold Baby Jordan Minor. I mean, when you nickname yourself Baby Jordan, it's not gonna come out. Well. Better than Glenn Big right. Baby Davis. Oh, Big Baby, get out of here. All right. Well, thanks everybody, and uh, <laughs> and we'll uh, talk to you all next week. Stop calling me Sam. Getting injured for the rest of their life. That's right. We've got Alonzo Mourning with the kidney issues. That's right. Got Bosch. Yeah, like they're, they're like the anti Suns. You I think two more than any other team. I mean, it's just two. Say Antifa? Sure. I mean, tomato potato. Why do we have to disparage the Suns at every turn? I mean, in all fairness, I was complimenting their inj- like their uh, medical staff, but it also came across as an insult because they can't develop players on their own. I hate you. It just worked on two levels, and that's not my fault. I hate. I, 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 I wasn't I, I, intentionally that clever. Nah, no, no, never that. <laughs> <laughs>